Hey friends, this week I'm excited to bring you an interview with voice actress Katie Lee. She's going to talk about one of her biggest roles, which is playing Connie Kendall on the Focus on the Family radio series, something our kids grew up listening to. We also talk about what it's like to be in Hollywood and to live as a believer in that environment. Katie talks about the benefits and the challenges of that. She also talks about her life repurpose story. Katie thought an unfortunate series of events meant that her career was over, but God had other plans. She tells what God has done in the midst of some of her greatest difficulties. If you're struggling to figure out where your passion and your purpose connect, I think you'll be inspired by Katie's story. Maybe this is your first time on Life Repurposed. I love telling stories of how God shows up in the trashy stuff of life. So thanks for being here today. You're listening to Life Repurposed, where you'll find practical biblical wisdom for everyday living, creative inspiration, and helpful resources. Grow your faith, improve your relationships, discover your purpose, and reach your goals with topics to encourage you to find hope amid the trashy stuff of life. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Katie Lee is a voice actor, director, coach, and author, possibly best known to the Christian community as Connie Kendall on Adventures in Odyssey. Since 1981, Katie Lee has been part of the Los Angeles voiceover community, starring in such Emmy Award-winning and fan favorites as Muppet Babies as Baby Rolf, Darkwing Duck as Honker Middlefoot, Richie Rich as Richie, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears as Suni Gummy, Totally Spies, she was Alex, and many more. In 1987, she took on the role of Connie Kendall in the worldwide radio show Adventures in Odyssey, a role she has continued ever since. In 2015, Katie took on her first voice directing job with the award-winning radio play Rex Tanner and the Sword of Democles. She has directed several cartoon series and film trailers since. As a frequent guest on Nostalgic Podcast, convention guest, and public speaker, Katie also coaches up-and-coming animation voice actors through her online workshops and private sessions. I hope you enjoy getting to know Katie a little bit more as we talk about her life repurpose story. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for sitting down to talk with me today. Uh, It's great to sit down. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't tell you this when we were warming up and talking before I hit record, but my boys grew up listening to Adventures in Odyssey, and my oldest son is almost 30, and he's a huge fan. So one of the things that's really cool about that is your voice has been on our family journey since my kids were like five years old and listening to the radio. So I'd love to know a little bit more about being Connie Kendall on Focus on the Family. Oh, that is so nice to hear. That's the first time I've ever heard that. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I but I love I love it. Every time somebody says that to me, it's kind of mind blowing. And <clears throat> your, your listeners will have to know that I have a little the residual COVID non-voice returning uh, syndrome. What's it like being Connie Kendall? It's kind of the greatest thing in the world. Um, You know, I was just listening to, uh, there's a big Facebook group now. I mean. Oh, he's part of that. The Odyssey Fan Club. Okay, so last year, like a year ago, maybe a little less than a year ago, there were 800 people in that group. 800. And when Will and I started doing our, our YouTube show, we got, I said, let's get on it so we can share. There's 800 <laughs> people, right? Maybe 60 came on. Now there's like 6,000 or 8,000 yeah. people. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just grown like crazy in the past year. Anyway, what's my point? My point is, oh, so they had a, a marathon this week. They were playing some stuff and I logged in because I was, you know, lying on my deathbed and <laughs> listening. And and I was just so impressed with how good the shows sounded. And I enjoy listening because I raised my kids listening to <laughs> Odyssey. Well, the first one for sure, and he even acted in the show. 
Um, he was in the Novacom saga. He played a character named Cal. And then, then my second one, and he was okay to listen again with her. And then, you know, when you get number three, they they get a little squirrely. So, um, but I, when we would go on car trips, we'd listen for sure. And uh, it's just amazing. And it was an answer to prayer. I mean, I wanted to serve the Lord, you know, with my career somehow. And in the way it unfolded is just amazing. And who knew we would be on the air 30, going on 35 right. years now. That's yeah. pretty darn incredible. As you can see, your audience can't. I'm wearing my favorite sweatshirt. It's an Adventures in Odyssey sweatshirt. My dear friend, Chris Anthony Lansdale, when we got this one, she said, ask for it in an extra large because I'm always getting my sweatshirts not big enough. And when I got the extra large, it's just like fit so comfy. I, I live in it. I need to get my son one of those sweatshirts. For I don't sure. even know if they still... <laughs> Their secret stash, <laughs> but it's 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 just so neat to be, and I feel like our listeners are my family. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of feel like, oh, you've been in our house all these years. Well, when I meet fans, you know, I feel like they're family, and, and we're we're trying to brainstorm how to have an Odyssey Con because you know, as a voice actor, oh, yeah, I go to a lot of Comic Cons, but. It'll be so much fun to have an Odyssey con and just be with yeah. all our Odyssey fans. Did that answer your question? Yes. We had so much fun when the kids were little. We asked them where they wanted to go on spring break one year, mm -hmm. and they wanted to go to Wits End. So we went to Colorado Springs, did a road trip, recorded our own little family it's a episode. Blast. You get to, and I realized how hard it is to be a voiceover actor. I, it's not for me. So I'm wondering, how did you get started in that? When did you know you wanted to do voiceovers? When the check cleared. <laughs> <laughs> right? You go down that path and try to figure out what's going to pay the bills. Um, well, I was a good student that talked too much. That showed up regularly on my report cards. Seriously, I grew up in, in Hollywood, per se, and it wasn't something I, I really thought about. When I got out of high school, people started commenting on my voice, and mm. I had no idea that I had an unusual voice, to tell you the truth. I mean, pe nowadays, people record themselves 24-7, right? You right, all know right. what they look like, <laughs> what they sound like, but... Back in the 70s, we didn't have that type of stuff. We did have a tape recorder. So, you know, people kind of um, planted that seed. And I was always a, a mimic, but I'm kind of shy, a little bit introverted like you. Being on stage, I was never a theater person. I was the mm. AV monitor. I was the one that pushed <laughs> the film projector into the classrooms and did all the technical stuff. Um, but... Uh, things happen and uh, I had I met some, because of where you know it really does pay who you know um, there are um, a couple friends of my parents that uh, had me in the studio to do some things and I hated the sound of my voice and I hated that people thought I, I sounded like a little girl mm -hmm. and I uh, almost felt defensive about that and I was afraid of being uh, exploited so to mm. speak but after I went I, I finally ended up um, going to making a demo and I got an agent when I was in college and I was trying to figure out why well, I had taken a break from college because I was a junior I was going to be a junior and I didn't know what my major should be so I was waiting. And in the meantime, I had taken some improv classes and did some shows. And that was fun. And I was trying to make extra money. So I made a demo and got an agent. And when I went to a job interview, um, I was really interested in the person auditioning me and asked, well, how'd you get your job? And she told me, oh, I got a degree in broadcasting. And I was like, oh, shut the front door. What? There's a degree in broadcasting? That sounds like fun because fun is like my middle name. I want to have fun. So I thought, oh, I could finish my 
my degree and do that. So I did study, did get a degree in broadcasting. And then when I graduated, it was like, okay, now what? You know, like at the end of all the president's men, now what? Um, is that the movie? Anyway, um, but so I, they said, well, your voice is really more suited for animation. You should go to LA. I was living in San Francisco. I really liked it there. And I grew up in LA and I thought, I don't want to go home. <laughs> but I didn't know what else. I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a couple of years. Went down to LA, was in the right place at the right time and just learned on the job really. And uh, the rest is history. I'm super thankful, super thankful. Did you grow up in a family of faith? Um, I went, I grew up in a family that went to church. My father actually attended seminary for a while. And I'm not sure how much he was really interested in it or just avoiding the Korean War. But he did do that. Um, and we, I grew up Episcopalian, but most of my family is Jewish. So I have sort of a, a mixed heritage, uh, but we did, we did grow up in church, but, and I always went to church, even when I kind of, you know, wasn't living an exemplary life, so to speak, I'd still go to church on Sunday morning when, when I was like crazy. I remember living in San Francisco and I found this Episcopal church. I don't know how long it took me to go there. And it was in, did you, I don't know if you know this, there's a black saint named St. Cyprian. So there's church was I named know after. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the church was mainly black, but I went there and like the first time I showed up, they said, would you like to help with Sunday school? I'm like, Oh, okay. So, I mean, I've always been connected, um, but, you know, I, I really didn't become a born again believer until I was like 25, I guess. Yeah. And that's when I, I really took stock of my life and, and my purpose and how do I want to proceed? And, you know, back then the church was kind of rough. I think we're a lot more gracious now. We're a little dogmatic and there's a right way to be a Christian and a wrong way. And I threw out a bunch of my record albums and, <laughs> you know, didn't. And then I worked. I actually worked. I was working in a lot of cartoons at the time. One of them being Dungeons and Dragons that the church was like, what? Oh, yeah, I remember that when I was in college. Oh, my <laughs> word. Am I supposed to quit my career? Am I the? Am I doing the work of the devil? Is there, you know, Care Bears is witchcraft? And I don't know, you know, and so I was afraid to talk about my job. It took me like 20 years to tell people I was really an actress. And, and you know, in the church, I didn't want to say what I was doing because I was afraid of being judged. And when I go to work, you, you know, you didn't really want to talk too much about being a Christian although I did like this really goofy thing and carried my Bible everywhere so you know it's kind of obvious <laughs> I thought maybe that'll keep the bad spirits away I don't know but yeah I wondered what it was like being a Christian in Hollywood whether it was more challenging or whether it was an easier place to you know I don't think the world has changed. And, and people ask me that a lot of parents will write to me, you know, because a lot of families listen to Odyssey and now oh, we've badly influenced their children to want to be voice actors, apparently. <laughs> and they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of my kid going to Hollywood. Nowadays, you don't even have to. But and, you know, when I was struggling with all that, I, I felt God said to me, you know what? You don't, because I felt this pressure, I guess, to evangelize. And he said, just speak your truth. Just share what you know. Be yourself. You don't have to make anybody do anything, but you can share your experience and nobody can negate what your experience is. And that was so helpful to me. Thank you, God, for that. Um, because then... People who know me know I'm not any different at work than I am at home, than I am at church. 
And I don't try to tell other people what to do. I just share if I if I walk into the studio and I say, oh, my goodness, I was praying this morning and I got this idea. Nobody's going to go get upset. That's my mm-hmm. experience. Right. <laughs> I didn't walk in and say, OK, everybody, you should all get on your knees and pray right now. That's different. <laughs> so when I, you know, I um, realized that it freed me from a lot of, of fear and anxiety and wondering, you know, God said, if it's true in this place, it's true in that place, you know, and just, just be who you are and don't worry about it. And some people got, I mean, because of the way I presented myself when I first got saved, I think it might've left a little bad taste (laughs) in some people. And, and people are very aware of my Oh, well, certain people, you know, I'll walk into a room and they'll like swear and then apologize <laughs> and, and they'll do that kind of stuff. But, you know, what? we all do it in our heads. <laughs> Let's face I've it. I've had that in the business world, too, where people are apologizing right? to me. <laughs> and, and it isn't any. Oh, what I was going to say is, look, if I was a plumber, is there any difference being around the people you work with in the plumbing business than in Hollywood? What's the difference? People mm-hmm. are people. And I also think our ministry, our, our field of influence is whoever we're with. So it's, you don't have to be an actor, although praise the Lord, Adventures in Odyssey has certainly helped, you know, affect a lot of people's lives. But if I weren't, you know, you're a nurse, your, your faith goes with you, whoever you're with, you know, and, and as far as being hard in Hollywood. I don't think people are any less delicate in Hollywood than they are any place else. Do you? No. And thank you for that reminder, because I really, I, I think sometimes we do think we need to preach and really how we conduct ourselves and how we live says so much more than if we get all preachy with people. There's, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's a losing battle. Just look at Facebook. Um, <laughs> there's no point in that. And really our goal is to develop a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. and God and work on ourselves because that's enough. <laughs> I want to talk about more of your story too. And I know that since you're human, there's no possibility that you've escaped any struggles in life. And I know specifically really? one that you've, yeah. And one of the things that I know you, you alluded to in our early communications before this was that you experienced a hurdle that you thought you weren't going to be able to go back from in your career. So I'd like to know a little bit more about that and how God came through for you. Back in 2000, I was working, everything was swell. And, uh, my husband went to prison. Okay, let's just put it at that. And I was alone uh, with my kids and trying to figure out what to do. And I used to work pretty long hours, 12-hour days on movies, and I wanted to be home with them. And work was slowing down at that time because technology was changing. We had had a strike. Stuff was going on in Canada. uh, I mean, people are moving their work there to save money. But for me personally at that time, I just couldn't talk about what was going on and I wanted to be home. So I ended up substitute teaching. I passed the CBEST and that's why I got that degree, folks, in broadcasting. (laughs) It made all the difference. has nothing to do with voiceover, trust me. But it did help with that. And then, you know, I was on a whole different schedule. And I think because I had kind of been unavailable at work for a while other people were taking my place and it was got got really discouraging and I kind of (laughs) didn't it didn't help that the sheriffs took our computers either Mm. so it was like starting over and that was daunting so um you know it took a while to get that stuff back and then they started doing um I wasn't booking. I mean, I was doing a show called Totally Spies and I was still doing Odyssey. But I remember, I think I was told my agents, don't call me unless there's a job. I don't, I don't want to audition. It's just too much to drive up there. And, and I was a little bit 
maybe I was arrogant. I don't know, or practical or both. Um, but it was slow. So here I was teaching. I was used to getting up at five in the morning and seeing if the phone's going to ring and taking care of my family. And, and, and then a lot of non-union work, actually. That's the other thing, because the business changed and a lot of mm -hmm. stuff went from union to non-union. And when you're in the union, you're not supposed to do non-union work. And then eventually, God, it's so cool. I mean, now that I think about it, how things evolved. Um, my daughter, my kids were in young life, wildlife. And one day, and, and may, I might have been knowing about this before. They have what they call pay-to-play sites where they started popping up. I, I did get a computer. I love the fact that I could record from home. When that happened, I was in heaven. I thought, <laughs> oh, this is really good. This is going to make life a little easier. But so much stuff was non-union. So I had to make a decision of, you know, if I was going to do that kind of work or not. And I really wrestled because, you know, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And when you join the union, you say you're not going to do anything else. There is a, a legal way to get around that, which eventually I did because I felt it was necessary. Anyway, so they're in Young Life. And one day my daughter's leaders come over and there's a girl named Lisa Biggs. I don't know if people know her. She was one of my daughter's Young Life leaders, leaders and she's also in voiceover. And she opened my eyes to a whole other world of business out there that people were working all over the country, not in Hollywood, with their microphones, making a living. And, and I really thank her for, for that, she, you know, conferences and people I met through her. And she was an, she knew Odyssey and she knew my work. So she was kind of a fan. And then the pay to play, my husband, actually, my, my second husband, we weren't married at the time, but he encouraged me to start auditioning and just having somebody say they wanted to hire me was, could make me cry. Mm -hmm because I'd sort of lost my identity. You know, I, I, like I said, I had two identities. One was work and one was home. Yeah. And at home I was just mom and I didn't really want to bring Hollywood home. I don't live in Hollywood. I live a little farther away from there. And I was very protective. And I think part of that was influenced by the church too. I didn't know how to integrate the two. They were so like I had a split personality. When I started doing some auditions and getting some work and learning how to use my computer, I, it just, it hit me, you know what, this is really who I am. This is really what I like to do. I found joy in teaching and I learned how to teach, which helps me now that I'm a voiceover coach. <laughs> so it all works together yeah. for good. Praise the Lord. You know, he did that. And, you know, without my faith, I don't think I could have gotten through that period of time anyway, you know, just trusting God. And it's amazing how he's, you know, he says he'll restore the years that the locusts mm -hmm. have eaten. And I, I feel so thankful for that because it's almost like it didn't happen. That was like 10 years of my life before I got mm -hmm. back into, you know, doing this full time like I do. And, and if you live long enough and you've done enough work years ago, you become a celebrity. <laughs> and now I have these conventions to go to and I meet people who grew up on, on my work. Mm -hmm. But you don't know at the time that you're doing it, just like, you know, you told me you used to be a nurse. You don't know what, mm -hmm. what seeds were planted or who you helped mm -hmm. their kids. I mean, a lot of the people I meet are in their 30s or 40s now who say, oh, yeah, I watched these shows and it made such a difference and you were such a role model. I'm like, wow, that's great. When they were seven, they couldn't tell you that. Now they can. Right. So, you know, I'm just thankful to still be alive and get to reap the benefits of that. Right. 
And that was one of the big things that I had to overcome. And I'm thankful to God that he got me through that. This episode is brought to you by the book and Bible study called The Repurposed and Upcycled Life When God Turns Trash to Treasure. Are there experiences you'd rather toss in the dumpster? Discover the repurposed and upcycled life. This Christian living and humor book and accompanying Bible study will help you see how some of your greatest disappointments, mistakes, and hurts can be beautiful treasures from God. Move forward with new purpose even in the midst of the trashy stuff of life. The workbook includes small group discussion, Bible study, doodles to color, and optional at-home applications each week. This is a study for busy women with easy prep for leaders and very little homework for participants. This simple format is welcome for busy women who are looking for deeper relationships with one another without the burden of extra homework. You'll find more about the best-selling book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure, at michellerayburn.com. Sometimes when I get talking with a guest, I get carried away and we go into a new avenue of conversation. And after we recorded our session, Katie messaged me to say, you know, there's a rest of the story. There's a comeback story here. So I want to just interject here a little bit with that. Katie said that once she started learning how to grow her own business and taking more animation gigs and working from home, more jobs started to come her way. And she learned how to use modern social media techniques. She built her own home studio and she expanded her business to include coaching, going to conventions and doing public speaking. And so I just want you to know that there is a I don't know. It's not really a happily ever after because we all know challenges come our way. But I do want you to know that after Katie went through that really difficult season, God took her in a new direction and brought back her career in unexpected ways. All right, let's continue with the chat that I had with Katie. When you're a voice actor, people don't know as much about what's going on in your life as they do, you know, it seems like Hollywood actors in films, their uh, their public life is very public yeah. on social media. And yet, you know, like the kids at home listening to you have no idea what's going on in your life and you have no idea how much you're blessing them. So there have been many times in our life when my boys were little where our family was going through something difficult, for example, a, a big move and a career change that took my kids out of their hometown and away to a new town. They processed that through the stories in Adventures in Odyssey. Wow. And, you know, like they listened to those stories. And because they saw those, they decided our family could also be like the Barkley family and we would be fine. So all these things that God is working out together, little pieces that we don't even know where those paths cross. <laughs> it's so it's so amazing. And I can see your audience can't see you, but I know it makes you emotional yeah. telling me that. And, and, and if you go on the that Facebook group, you hear stories yeah. of how this helped, I mean, how this helped me get through a crisis or I was suicidal or I didn't know. And these are my friends. I didn't have many friends, but the people in Odyssey are my friends. And it's kind of overwhelming to hear that. I know it is for Phil Lawler and me, you know, we talk about, it. I mean, he's the creator, he's the writer. Who knew after three years, I remember saying to the producer, we're going to do another year? What? More? <laughs> How long are we going to do this? I mean, me, I just read the scripts. I, that's all I do. The people who are writing these have uh, seriously, you know, are inspired. And it means a lot to a lot of people. It, it, they try to connect with so many relevant situations and you know, some of the shows are goofy and some are historical, but so many of the topics really hit home for parents and children. And like Phil always says, you know, some parents just send their kids to go listen, but he'll say, you should, you know, why aren't you listening with your kid and hear what they're hearing? Yeah. And, and have it be something to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's, 
it's um it's remarkable how many things they've topics they've covered with over 950 episodes that can really make a difference and help people in their lives without being obvious about it I guess I mean there are they are and they aren't they're not Mm -hmm. you know preaching necessarily although it's in there it just kind of all depends people identify with different characters I mean I get (laughs) women who say you know Connie Kendall's like my best friend. I, you know, I, I, and, 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 and I don't even know sometimes the difference between me and her. So that's a little, (laughs) I wondered about that. What happens when you've played a role for this many years? It's one big hot mess. It's, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when Will and Will and I, Will Ryan and I, who played Eugene, um, when we wrote, if you see our book, we have a book we put together called Adventures in Oddity. And it's available on Amazon and autographed copies are available uh, through me, through my website, or if I show up anywhere. And I found a picture. I mean, when you talk about how what God has done, um, Will and I were friends. We worked on a show called Dumbo Circus together, uh, the Disney Channel. We did stuff before that. We were buddies. And I thought I wanted to do commercial work. So I asked him if he would pose with me for some pictures. We have this picture, if you see the cover of our book, where we look like we work, like college kids at a soda fountain. <laughs> and I found the picture about 10 years ago. I said, well, this, we look like Connie and Eugene. And this is before <laughs> they ever cast oh, Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> It was like a couple years before Odyssey. And I said, we should give us to focus. This is a neat picture. And he said, no, 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 no. We'll save it for our book. I said, what book? He goes, we'll write a book. (laughs) All right, whatever. Will is a man of a million ideas all day long. I said, okay. And so his premise is, we'll write a book that proves once and for all that we're nothing like the characters we play on Adventures in Odyssey, which is really not true because we are very much we're very much like our characters so it's written in dialogue form and it's fun to read and that's how we ended up putting <laughs> that together we are we you know you bring yourself to the role if you don't i heard i was listening to a pot and different podcast this morning about um voice acting and i never heard this quote before but they said let's see how did, how did it go if Use your head, you're dead. Use your heart, you're smart. Mm. And we bring our hearts, we bring our own personalities. You know, they wrote this character, Connie, who I could totally relate to. My parents were divorced when I was three. I grew up in California. I wasn't that much older than her when we started. (laughs) So I could remember. And so, you know, I brought my own truth, my own experience to the part and I'm so thankful. It's like my one role I don't really change my voice for, you know, I get to (laughs) be myself. Um, So, yeah, you know, people sometimes will write to me with like candid conversations with Connie and I have to remind myself, I have to remind myself, I am not Connie and I'm not a trained therapist and I'm not, you know, I can't, you, you should really not be talking to me about these things maybe (laughs) you know this is (laughs) but they people connect me with her and and I feel like her in a lot of ways so I mean I've lived these parallel lives for 34 years I know Connie's life and Odyssey and my own life here and and of course my best friends work on the show that's wonderful to have too yeah have there been some times where you've had a time where you sensed God is asking you to lay aside your dream in any way? Or has it always been like, I, I know you talked about that that pause that you had when you were mm-hmm. teaching for a while. Have there been any other times? You know, I always ask God to guide my steps. So... You know, I think one of my favorite verses, Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength, not my work, not my, you know, who I am, who I know, 
what my kids do. No, you know, it comes from God. And if I feel like I'm in his will, I'm actually pretty content. But, you know, the funny story about Odyssey is I told you that was after I was in the church and wanting to serve in ministry. And I got rejected from the drama club at the church mm-hmm. because they felt I hadn't been a Christian long enough. I'm like, I have a SAG card. What does the matter with you people? <laughs> but trusting God. And then they told me they were writing this part for me at Focus because I had started working over there because I knocked on their door when I heard they were doing radio drama, which is my favorite thing. And they said, we got this part. We're going to, you know, we're going to have you do it. And I kept waiting and waiting. And I was pregnant with my first kid. And it was supposed to happen in the spring. It was supposed to happen in the summer. And then they called me in the fall, six days after he was born. Mm. And all I wanted to do was be the most perfect Christian mom on the face of the earth, right? So that was my <laughs> fantasy. But when they said, we're ready, can you come in? And I was like, I just had a baby. No, I can't. And I actually said, you're going to have to find somebody else. Mm. And that was like, I felt like Abraham sacrificing my. I mean, that was... I. I, I thought well, this is more important and they're ready mm-hmm. to record and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I let it go and it, it was so sad. I mean, I was happy to have, you know, my baby, but, um, and then about six weeks later, they called me and they said, are, are you ready now? Wow. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Wow. Um, what am I going to say now? I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> Can I bring my baby? <laughs> and that kind of caught him off guard. And they said, well, this is focus on the family, I exactly. guess. So I'm like, well, I'm nursing and you guys are an hour away. And, and so I started my first Connie comes to town was with my baby in his little carrier seat, sitting in, you know, having somebody watch him while we were in the studio. I'm thinking about the listener out there who has a dream who has sensed God saying, you are uniquely gifted for this. And I wonder, what do you say to that person who is facing some sort of sacrifice where they feel as if they have to set aside their dream? What do you say to that person in that moment? You know, I think, I'm sure it depends on the circumstances. But I always believe that, you know, that we and we hear this all the time, God doesn't necessarily say no when he's saying not yet and you know and I think it's it does it is a trial to find the joy in whatever you whatever task you have at hand and you know there I have a good friend for instance she's a great actress she never she raised her kids she did community theater She never got an agent, never focused on herself until her kids grew up. And now she's doing commercials. You'll see her on and and she's working. But, you know, I think if you are clear on what your priorities are, I think there's always an outlet for whatever your dream is. I really believe that. I mean, I like I said, I didn't go into this profession to be famous. I came in to it to have a paycheck and have fun. <laughs> so we all have to do things sometimes to make a living. But God is so faithful. I mean, I, I'm sure if somebody out there feels like, oh, you don't know what I have to give up. No, I don't. But there are so many stories. Let's call them resurrection story (laughs) of careers and lives and you know I had to give up a lot of stuff at one point a lot of stuff and I just kept my eyes on God I mean Mm -hmm. you have to you can't look at your circumstances our God is so amazing and as you get older you might be really young who's listening to this (laughs) <laughs> There's so much more to life than what you know. 
And I think when you get older, you see it. I mean, I met a, you know, I, I, I met a pilot with, you know, cerebral palsy, an airplane pilot who, you know, got his license, who over, you know, there's so many things that can be overcome that may not seem real dark at the moment. And um, the other thing is Phil Lawler always says life is story talks about story arcs that's his favorite thing to talk about <laughs> shout out to you phil but he'll say in like a story is usually like a like the law of nature i guess and we all get these valleys that's mm -hmm. not the end of the story and then you get the, the valley and the mountaintop and you're just in the process to get up so don't stop what you're doing. Um, don't don't lose your dream just with short-sightedness. Sometimes things are just temporary. I always tell people in your 30s and 40s it isn't too late to figure out what you want to be. When oh you heck up. no! No, <laughs> no. I mean, I know so many people. I know so many people in my business who started their careers after their kids are grown yeah. and like. Here's a good example. Let's say they were a nurse, okay? And um, they decided they want to, really want to do voiceover. Well, you know what? That's a specialty kind of voiceover, medical narration. That's a skill you can apply to that. If you're home, I remember, because I live in a kind of nice part of town, when our kids were born and I would go to the mommy and me group, like there were like three lawyers in the group and, <laughs> you know, this and that. But it's all... You can have it all, but not necessarily all at the same time. That's what I learned when I was younger. You know what? You can't do it all at the same time well. That's so true. Mm -mm. Maybe you can do it badly, Yeah. <laughs> you know, but wherever you are at any moment, and it's so hard, but just try to give your full attention. And, you know, then the time will come for this other thing to happen. Kids grow up really fast. I, I left my dream home to move closer to my kid's school and which was really dumb because it was only went up to eighth grade and then they were <laughs> out of that school. And here I was, you know, I sold a house because I wanted to be close. My, I have a daughter who's a type one diabetic. I have another child who was adopted from Romania when he was five and they both sort of had special needs and I was mm -hmm. trying to make life easier i guess after i left my house it showed up in la magazine as one of the 10 best streets in la county <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh why did i do that for temporary reward so i think don't be short-sighted what you see in front of you is so just the tip of the iceberg you aren't really giving up your dream you're just giving maybe putting it aside for now and see what you can do that's keep your skills up yeah you know volunteer there isn't anything at a school that can't use somebody who's good at something right it's so true you know i was library mom i got to read out loud to the kids until they didn't want me there anymore I love your story because you've shared so many things that dovetail really well with the life repurposed. Just thinking about how God takes difficult circumstances, sends us in different directions. And I know I want to save your voice because that's how you make your living. So I'm not going to make you talk for much longer here. But um, I know that you like to speak and you talk about how your goals and your identity and all of that can intersect with unusual circumstances and the and finding that sweet spot there. So I know that Katie is looking for opportunities to speak. Uh, also, you have a YouTube show that I've only caught a couple of episodes of, but tell us the name of that. And tell you later. No, that actually <laughs> is the name of the show. It tell is the later. name of the show. And, yeah. uh, um, we started it based on all on that book. And then, you know, uh, we recorded Adventures in Oddity. Adventures in Oddity. <laughs> and then we added 58 pages of a bonus chapter. And we have an audio version of the book. But then we did a video. My uh, husband said it would be fun to watch you and Will read your bonus chapter. 
<laughs> and then COVID came and we we're like, oh, you know what? Why don't we try how to do YouTube? And we had so much fun. So the way we, here's another cuckoo thing, right? So they were both insistent on doing this YouTube show. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then, um, so they're coming over to do the show. They go, wait, are you ready to do this show? I'm like, we don't even have a name for this show. How are we supposed to introduce this show? We haven't even come up. What are we supposed to say? Welcome to our, our show. Uh, welcome to, we'll tell you later. And anyway, that's how we got the name of the show. Tell you later. So, and, and it, and it, and actually was apropos because, um, we, most like most voice actors, I think we have ADHD. And so we get distracted and change it. So we ne won't, don't finish a lot of thoughts. So our I motto found is that entertaining <laughs> where you learn so much about so little and vice versa. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> we were supported on Patreon. I mean, for those people who don't know, my dear, sweet friend will passed away in November. Yeah. And uh, so that kind of threw a wrench into everything. But we're still doing the show. Um, anyway, we have supporters on Patreon. So we started a couple other shows just for the patrons. <laughs> One is called Welcome to Later, where we try to uh, finish the thoughts that we started and tell you later as two uh, very interesting uh, British type people who, you know, are here because, well, we have to do something. Um, and so we're, we're trying to be of service. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that and adventures in popcorn. And so mm. part of the idea, uh, for those of you who get frustrated and I have no control over this cause I'm not the producer, <laughs> there's more of the shows for the patrons and there is on YouTube. So patrons, the patrons on Patreon. So I know that I get, yeah, it's I supposed to, uh, but it is on anchor too. You will get the, the, uh, uh, abridged version of the show, but it's fun. Thank you for talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners uh, who want to find you, where can they find your book or your show? I guess the best place is to start out at my website, which is katielee.com. That's, I'm sure you'll have it. L-E-I-G-H. Yeah. I will link to that in the show notes for sure. And if there's something you can't find on my website, just email me <laughs> oh yeah because i don't know if you saw i started i created some connie candles did you see my connie that. candles and i also saw some scrubby things on your youtube show so you're very crafty yes i make scrubbies <laughs> and scrub scrubulator scrub, well yeah will says scrub. we'll call it scrubulator Scrubulators. So every month we have a drawing for the patrons that get a scrubulator with a little personalized tag in there. So they're very handy. And Connie candles. They look like real ice cream and they smell amazing. Oh. Chocolate and uh, raspberry ripple. The little, you know, uh, shout out. I don't know what you call it to wit's end. But we have. A little flavor of wit's end. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. You, there's always a way to be creative and find some yes. satisfaction in life outside of changing diapers. And that's the other thing. You know what? I think I just want to add. You could get depressed doing the same thing over mm -hmm. and over day in and day out. And I think it's really important for a mom to take a little time for themselves and don't feel guilty mm -hmm. about it because you'll be such a better mom um, and a better person and you'll feel good and your brain will get refreshed. And when I was raising my kids, when they were babies, some of my friends from church, we started this, I think it might've been once a month or every couple nights called girls night out or something. But we, cause we were good Christian moms. We didn't leave the house till our kids went to sleep. So oh, our wow. husbands would wouldn't have to do anything and we'd go to someone's house. We'd bring our own mug so they wouldn't have to do any dishes <laughs> and just get together and chat without our kids. And then we ended up doing like clothing exchanges. Hey, this doesn't fit me anymore. I don't like this. Anybody want this? You know, how fun. And so it didn't cost anything, but it was a great way to socialize as a individual. 
I don't know. That just popped into my head. That was fun. Well, it's been really fun to talk to you, speaking of fun. So I've enjoyed this time together. Do you have any final words as we say goodbye to our listeners? <sighs> Watch till you later. Like and subscribe to the channel. And uh, <laughs> come see me if I ever go anywhere. Uh, please come say hi, because I would love to. Hopefully we'll do our Fort Blanket Review is our live um, radio show that we've taken on the road up until recently. And uh, and if anybody's interested in voiceover, there's a voiceover, a convention at Liberty University. I think it's in September, October. It'll be their third year called Sonicon. And uh, I'll probably be there. Um, and I, I do teach. Oh, I do coaching, too. So. Oh, yes, that's right. You voice do. coaching. Don't ask me for life advice. Yeah, no, no life coaching. <laughs> well, thanks, Katie. Thanks for sharing a, just a little bit of your story today and for encouraging my listeners. Thank you so much for having me. You are a bright, shining star. Oh, thank you. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com to get the show notes for this episode. Each week, I share links to everything mentioned in the episode, graphics you can share, and guest quotes. I also invite you to join the Life Repurposed Facebook community for weekly conversation with others on the journey of discovering the repurposed life. Before you go, which friend needs to hear this episode? Share a link with a note to invite them to listen. <laughs>